type. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome to Green and Growing here on 95.5 WSB. I am your host for the next three hours here in studio. Ashley Frasca, happy to be with you on a Saturday morning. We've got Jason, we've got DeMarco, and we've got Lisa in the studio with us today. So very happy that everybody is aboard, and I hope you will be too. You've got time for calls. 404-872-0750. That is the number to get in touch with any of our talk shows here on WSB. And you won't be on hold too long, I hope. And we'll talk about anything you want to as it pertains to gardening and the outdoors and something big this weekend that's going to kind of be a theme through the show today is the Great Georgia Pollinator Census. So we did something uh, together like this maybe back in February with the Great Backyard Bird Count. Same kind of thing. They need you to become a citizen scientist. It takes 15 minutes out of your day and you're kind of in that mentality maybe already of homeschooling the kids. You've got the kids at home. You want them to have something productive to do over the weekend. This is something that all of you could do. There's 10 steps. It's very easy, but basically you can relax. You need to pull out a chair. You need to sit it in front of a pollinator plant in your yard and just keep an eye on it for 15 minutes and write down what you see, count how many of the bees or hummingbirds or whatever visits the plant, write that down and keep count. And then you go on the website, G-G-A-P-C. Org. That stands for Great Georgia, G-A-P-C, org, And you just submit your findings there. And then there's even a certificate you can print out, which is pretty cool. You can print out a certificate for the kids, put it up on the fridge, and make them really proud of helping Georgia and our pollinators and making sure that we're always going to have them for decades to come. Because think about it, when the kids grow up, they're going to want farm vegetables. They're going to want beautiful plants and flowers to look at. So this is why this is really, really important. You can... Be on the lookout for carpenter bees and bumblebees, honeybees, anything like that. Butterflies and moths. Oh, my gosh. I have found the neatest butterflies in my yard here in the last couple of weeks. You really have to be on the lookout for things as you're mowing the grass. You know, you've maybe got your your earbuds in and you're just kind of not thinking of looking all around you when you're out there. But I saw a luna moth and a swallowtail butterfly all at the same time while I was mowing the grass, and I almost ran over one of them, so I was really glad I was paying attention. I was able to help him up out of the grass. Um, and the the caterpillars that are black with a couple of little white spots, and they're everywhere right now. They fall out of the trees. I don't know what those are. I think those might be swallowtail. I'll have to look it up. But nevertheless, those guys are kind of spiky. I tried to help one out of the parking lot the other day, And I was just trying to get him to crawl up on my hand, which he didn't want to do. He kept trying to detour, take a left away from my hand. So I started to kind of pick him up. Oh, my gosh, he wrapped himself around my finger, and he's spiky. He didn't bite, but I was kind of alarmed at that. I thought he was going to be really nice. I was trying to help him out. But, yeah, so ggapc.org, the Great Georgia Pollinator Census. And coming up at 8 o'clock, we're going to talk to Becky Griffin of the University of Georgia, and she's also the coordinator of this Great Georgia Pollinator Census. And she'll have a lot more useful information than I do right now. Why this is so important and just interesting things about it. How long we've been partaking in this. It's a pretty fun project. So I hope you'll join us in the show today. I've already gotten some great questions via email from the Facebook page. When you search Green and Growing WSB, you can like the Facebook page and send me questions there. I don't answer them right away. I'm going to be honest. I do my best. I, I do answer all of them. 
but normally Sunday is that's my one day off. So if you <laughs> email me on a Saturday, I may or may not get to it today, but tomorrow, not likely. Um, but I did have somebody who emailed me last night. It was Tim in Atlanta, actually middle Georgia, and wanted to know if he could plant Bermuda seed this week in middle Georgia. So we're kind of in between the time right now when, you know, you seed for a new Bermuda lawn back in the early summer and then overseeding. Uh, I, October is ideal for that just because of the air temperatures and the soil temperatures are still pretty high. Um, same goes for fescue, too, for the cool season grasses. You know, uh, September, October is a great, great time to seed those as well. But I told Tim, you know, middle Georgia, we're in August, which we're kind of right in between the ideal early summer and fall. But go ahead. As long as you can keep it watered and you really get good uh, seed to soil contact, don't just go out there and spread it and think you're done. You really need to make sure those seeds come in good contact. And we've gotten so much rain. This is one of the rainiest ends of the week and into the weekend that I can remember. So uh, in the summer, at least so far. So I think now is probably a great time. The soil is prime for it. All right. We'll talk more about grass seed too, and some things I learned that you'll need to know coming up this fall. But first, I want to go down to Griffin, Georgia. Say good morning to Nicole. Hey, Nicole, how are you? Hi, Ashley. So what's going on in your world? Have you done a lot of uh, yard work this week? Yes, uh, talking about pollinator, yeah. um, most of people just uh, do it during the daytime, but I do at night because my my body clock is different. I used to plant those big uh, moonflower. They are huge, like a dinner plate. They're white, but at night the smell is so fragrant, and you should see all the... It feed a lot of cat, uh, a lot of moth. That's what I was thinking, you know. But it's an annual vine. You plant it from seed, and uh, it's just incredible. You can sit with a chair and look at all those. Uh, they, I think, they attracted by the smell. Now, and let me ask you, given the name Moonflower, and I and I know what it looks like, but do you sit out there in the evening or at night because it stays open overnight, doesn't it? Yeah, because early in the morning it closed back up, but at night that's the reason why I think the smell attracted. And I bet it feed a lot of moth too. Yeah, because see, they that have counts. Those little thing. Yeah. yeah, for the great Georgia pollinator census, moths count. That's great. That's yeah. very cool. So have you done it yet? Because it's it's it was yesterday and today. So I'm trying to get folks on board to do it today. They really want people's results just over those two day periods. So did you do it yesterday? Uh, no, it's just, um, you know, stuff happening and it's just keep, keeping busy. You yeah, know. yeah, for sure. So do it tonight. When you have that moonflower open, do it tonight. It's not too late. Yes, yes. Nice, okay. Um, th- um, the first year I was here, I planted uh, pampas grass. Uh. I-, I needed something to shield from the road, so yeah. I put it in the ditch, okay? It really took off okay (laughs) two years later i dug it up and i separate i probably one i probably done 10 of them that's backbreaking work you dug it up and divided it i had to to use a man because it is so um hard to get off outside you know the ground but anyway i planted in in between two houses in the back it's been like a good 10 years now. And this pampagrass right now is blooming. It's uh, Some of them are black, I mean dark purple, and some of them are white. But instead of having just a plain fence, I, I, I put those, they are probably 
10 feet in the air now, and nobody can go in between because those are razor shark. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's so time. dense. So for folks that don't know, the pampas grass is the big, large, just spilling over looking mound of grass, really. And when Nicole's saying the blooms, it's kind of the tall stalks. It almost looks like wheat, but a lot more feathery and a lot more thick, right? That big white bloom. Yes, yes. And uh, I went to UGA one year. They had a trial. Uh, they had the the new trial. Uh, they called it King and Queen. Mm-hmm. The 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 leaves is different. The darker, and the bloom is different. I thought it was so pretty. I don't know what they done it because with the trial, it takes a long time to come on the market. Wow. Okay. I don't know how many years, you know, but uh, they're not there anymore. They they dug it up and put some uh, trial for blueberry and things like this. But they will come uh, on the market. But uh, instead, you know, uh, with one, you dig it up, you can make 10 out of, uh, out of it, you know. As and long as you've got someone big and strong that can do it. My goodness. I mean, I watched my neighbors struggle for like four days. I kept driving by their house when they were outside just trying to get it in check i think they probably had three bushes and just wanted one but i mean using a machete and everything else don't burn it that's good advice to tell people if you want it gone don't burn it just try every other method possible (laughs) but burning it's not a good idea it's gonna burn your house yeah yeah not smart so pampas grass and some other options i mean nicole i I love that you use it kind of as, as a privacy but fountain grass and you know i am gonna redo my front yard it's just a matter of time but i love pink muley grass that is so whimsical looking, and of course it's it's pink and green. It's just really really neat. Have you planted any of that before? I don't think it gets as big as pampas grass. Yeah, that's 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 why I was thinking if it gets only four feet tall, people can still look you know over and you you want some privacy, but didn't want to look at the plain fans, the wood fans, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I mix it with. Uh, Canna lily, the green and the black one, and I have uh, uh, other stuff. At, and But this time of the year, you just cannot beat it. It's just you have to trim it when it comes to February. Just trim it uh, 18 inch from the ground. Yeah, That's another man's job. You know, you have to pay to have it done, but it's worth it because... And I, I noticed that uh, in springtime, when the, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, snake, mm-hmm. the mother snake goes sleep inside the pampa grass. She can shed her skin yeah. and raise the baby there, and she don't get disturbed. Now, how does it? It's so razor sharp to us. I wonder how it doesn't hurt them. Uh, because at that time, the, the we you cut it, and the inside is hollow. Oh, oh, okay. So she turn around, shed the skin, keep the baby there, and. Yeah. Uh, it's just another side to see. We need to pay attention to all those small things. We've been so busy with all car and house and things like this. You know, this year we have more time to pay attention. Yeah, and a lot more. You know, the the news is doing stories about a lot more wildlife coming out too, because we were all so secluded for a little while and staying indoors and less cars on the roads and all of that. So, I mean, neighborhoods, Marietta of all places, are having trouble with black bears and things like that. But there are good things too. I mean, there are definitely good things like seeing more of the insects and birds and stuff that we want to see. Yeah, a lot of cricket. Cricket come inside the house. There's one in my garage. <laughs> There's one in my garage right now, and I want to find him. I feel bad, but I don't leave my garage door open all willy-nilly for him to have a chance to get out. So, uh, yeah, i got to find him and help him out a little bit. 
Well, Nicole, you do your uh, pollinator census this weekend, and I can't wait to hear what you see for those 15 minutes on that moonflower. That's awesome. All right. Enjoy your day. Good to hear from you. Thanks so much. And I want to hear from you, too. 404-872-0750 coming up at the bottom of the hour. Walter Reeves joins us to talk about none other than pollinators. So stay tuned. You are listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. Everybody here ain't from here, but we're here doing our thing. Letting go a little, little by little, sipping on a frozen drink. Georgia boy Luke Bryan bringing us back on Green and Growing. And Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz is along all weekend to give you the weather updates today. A high of 84. I'm sorry, the rain chance is 60%. So you're likely going to get wet today if you have outdoor plans. Tomorrow, the rain chance lowers down to is that is that even right it goes lower to 40 percent high of around 86 and lows around 70. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. I did two of these three things myself in the last couple of days so easy stuff to do out in the yard this weekend. Number one pinch growing tips of overgrown coleus and begonias other summer summer annuals, and even mums to keep them compact through the fall season. The mums that I have for the first time in my life been able to keep alive since last fall. They're a little leggy, and some of the leaves on the, the bottom part of the stems are starting to die, so I'm just kind of deadheading them a little bit just to keep them so that they'll be a little more bush form rather than um, as leggy as they are and fertilized them as well. Number two, now's the time to plant and enjoy climbing vines. Sweet Autumn Clematis, that's a great one. It smells great. And also Jasmine, too, if you want to still enjoy some of the blooms into the fall, those are both good options. And number three, it's a good time to spray kudzu. Hopefully you don't have that in your yard. Yikes. But if you do, non-selective weed killer, because likely nothing around it is going to be anything you want to keep. Or just mow everything down that you can if that's possible. And last week, a lot of you asked about poison ivy, too. So I recommended a bio-advanced brush killer. That works great for me. It's in a blue bottle. Bio-advanced brush killer works great on poison ivy. Just something with triclopyr as the active ingredient. A lot of you had concerns. Well, if I spray the poison ivy, it's living in my juniper. It's around flower beds where I don't want it. Triclopyr is the active ingredient to where that's not like glyphosate, where it's going to be just kill everything and wipe everything out. So you do want to spray the leaves when they're dry during the, the day, the middle of the day. Um, and make sure it's not going to rain. They do have to stay on the leaves for some time, but it's not killing it back at the root. It's not killing it back at the ground, but all of the leaves are going to curl up and die and then ultimately leads to the vine dying out as well. So that's how that works. Coming up on 628, we're going to talk to Walter Reeves at the bottom of the hour. Pollinator plants, maybe some great ideas for you to add to your landscape. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. 
And we are back at the bottom of the hour, 635 and already creeping up to 70 degrees in Midtown Atlanta. Can't tell if it's raining or not. I don't think it is, but it was raining out in Paulding County this morning for sure. Pretty heavy rain. So just keep that in mind. Grab your umbrella. Take it along with you. I know someone who is protected from the rain and from the weather. He's just getting out of his bed. It's Walter Reeves. Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG Garden Guru. Walter Reeves. Ladies and gentlemen, back on the show, green and growing, as he is every Saturday morning, Walter Reeves. Hello, good morning. Ashley, good morning. You hosted the Lawn and Garden Show right here on WSB for how many years? <laughs> <laughs> Too many to 20, count. 26 years. Oh, a long, a long time. It was a blast, but you're still yeah. out there. You got the uh, website, WalterReeves.com, which I send a lot of listeners to, by the way. Yeah, good. Um, the you. newsletter, the WSB Radio newsletter, which comes exactly. out every other Thursday. And, and what any, else do I do? Well, are you working on any new books? No, honey bunny. That's too much trouble. Oh. I'm retired. When retired people retire, if they're really good at it, they don't write books. And you've written a book about just about everything, so I think you're good. You're covered. Yeah, yeah. This weekend, Walter, is pretty exciting, and I had something special I wanted to talk to you about. Yesterday began the Georgia Pollinator Census, and that is something really fun. Yeah, we did the Great Backyard Bird Count back in February or March, and this is the same kind of thing where researchers depend on us, citizen scientists, to really get a handle on what they see in their environment. So you're really counting pollinators and kind of focusing on one spot, whether it's in your yard or a park nearby or something else, Mm -hmm. to kind of let them know what pollinators are around. And Walter, first start off by telling us, or if someone really young is listening to the show this morning, what is a pollinator? Well, it's a creature. We're not going to say insects. We'll say creature that takes pollen from the male or helps pollen move from the male part of a flower to the female part of a flower or plant so that when pollen goes from one to the other, the plant is said to be pollinated and seeds will then develop. And if you don't have pollination, you don't have seeds. And since we eat a lot of seeds, including the cereal, which I'll have for breakfast this morning, made from seeds. Uh, we've got to have pollinators have seeds. I mean, all these things that we eat depend on pollinators of some sort to, to take the pollen from one part of the flower to the other part of the flower. So it's a simple job, but it's got to be done by somebody. Now, I was never really squeamish as a kid about insects. I mean, I didn't really care for them, but I wasn't super freaked out by them. And and I'm not now. Roaches, that's my one downfall. But (laughs) as I've gotten older and really, you know, started gardening and tried to grow vegetables and enjoyed flowers, I feed hummingbirds. I've really come to recognize the importance of not just killing a bee for the sake of killing it because it's bothering you when you're outside. And also recognizing that, as you said, hummingbirds are pollinators for some plants. Bees are, sure, but there are different kinds of bees. There's bumblebees and there's carpenter bees and there's honeybees and the native bees and all these different creatures, butterflies, of course, that all help to do the job of pollinating, moving that pollen from one place to another. So at 8 o'clock... Um, in the third hour of the show, Walter, I'm going to have your friend Becky Griffin from the University oh, of Georgia so on. She's yes. great. Oh, man, you're lucky. She's she, terrific. She's heading up a lot of the great Georgia pollinator census. So hopefully folks will be able to stick around for eight o'clock and listen to my interview with Becky. But to become just a citizen scientist, and if you've got maybe 15 minutes or something, you could help out everybody really yeah. in, in Georgia and in the southeast by doing this. 
go to ggapc.org. So G-G-A-P-C, it stands for Great Georgia Pollinator Census org, and there you uh-huh. just sign up, and it's super easy. So I didn't do it yesterday. I wanted to wait and do it today, but uh, I think yesterday and today are like the two days to do this. So Walter, without further ado, let yeah. us know how we can attract more pollinators to our landscapes. You remember our friend Nicole from Griffin, right? A friend we talked to her for years and years and years on the phone. Yep. And Nicole would often say, you know, Mr. Reeves, you've got to go to the garden in Griffin. You've got to go see that garden. It's so gorgeous. And the Research and Education Garden in Griffin, Georgia, is a place where they do research on different kinds of plants and their utility in the garden and in uh, agriculture and things like that. But one of the things they did a couple of years ago was to research which plants you could put in your garden that would attract pollinators and beneficial insects. And they had a tremendous, tremendous bit of information about different plants that not only attract the pollinators, but also attract things like spiders and stink bugs and things that we think of as not being necessarily good. Spiders are still good creatures all in all because they capture some of the bugs we don't like, like mosquitoes. Stink bugs we don't care for because they sort of ruin our fruit, but stink bugs still sometimes can perform pollination. Hmm. So the research that they did is all put together in a nice, nice, nice color brochure that I'm going to refer to this morning that lists all these plants that I'll talk about that are good for pollinators and beneficial insects. Speaking of spiders, a fellow journalist here in the city was out in a park last weekend yeah. and posted a yeah. picture of this crazy-looking spider, and he didn't know what it was, so he kind of uh, came to me for help in identifying it. A uh-huh. yellow garden spider, if y'all want to get yeah. creeped out. I mean, it's nature's beauty, but oh my gosh, he looks terrifying, but yellow garden spider, Google that. Ooh. You want something even more interesting? <laughs> sure. Joro spider, J-O-R-O spider, right. J-O-R-O. The Joro spider, and people in north of Atlanta, up in um, Cumming and Ooh. Jefferson and up 85, will know exactly what I'm talking about. It is the same size as that big yellow garden spider. We call it RGO, the writing spider. But it's much more colorful. It has big sort of pink, red, yellow coloring yeah. on the back of it. Yeah. And it is huge. And it's only in the last ooh, three or four or five years, maybe, that people have even known that it was in Georgia. Is a Joro spider, a huge spider that you better get used to because it's going to be moving down through Atlanta. Well, what's funny, on Wikipedia, it says the spider can be found throughout Japan, Korea, uh, Taiwan, and more recently, northeast Georgia. So, yeah, how did we get selected yeah. for that? I don't know. It must have <laughs> just moved along on a car or something like that. Packed his bags and said, I'm headed to the southeast. <laughs> headed on down, sure. So you talked about sure the beautiful road. gardens that folks can see down in Griffin, associated yeah. with the University of Georgia. And there's been so much talk about pollinating flowers and things that are really right now attracting the butterflies and the hummingbirds yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you've got Mexican sunflower and, of course, butterfly bush, milkweed, um, all kinds of things. But what are some of your favorites? You know, blooming right now is abelia. Abelia is a shrub, and it blooms most heavily probably in July, but August and September it's still blooming its heart out. So there's a lot of abelias. There's a, uh, the kaleidoscope, there's a raspberry perfusion, and there's uh, two or three others. There's the big ones, the little ones. All these abelias have flowers all summer long, all fall long, and they are really attractive to, uh, to uh, insects right now. 
Uh, let's see, what's the couple more? Ag- oh, Agastaki. I saw, or Hyssop is probably a better name for that. Hyssop. I saw a planting of Hyssop just when Thursday, Wednesday this week. Hmm. It was so solid, beautiful blue, and I bet the bees were in there having a party because the Hyssop is blooming so great right now. That's another plant you can plant that is blooms mostly for the summer. Whenever you plant it, it starts blooming, and then it goes on to the fall. Oh, nice one. Aster, wow. the smooth asters out there right now. Um, what else? Celosia. I'm thinking of some more that I've seen recently. Coneflowers. Everybody knows what coneflowers are. Yeah. Is that ec- that's are. echinacea, isn't it? Yeah, echinacea. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And zinnias, um, too. And now is a good time, if you enjoy your zinnias, to take some of the seed, dry it yeah. out, and then keep a lot of these flowers that are, you know, some are annuals, but then you have the yeah. seed to do them next year. Because like I said at the beginning, the purpose of pollination is to eventually have seed. And so if you want to have seed that you save for next year, sure, no problem. Right now is a good time to do it. You can get seed off of hosta, you get seed off of daylilies, seed off of uh, baptisia. I think what else I've got in my garden is seeding right now. The morning glory over in the corner, which I really don't want to see. <laughs> it's going to see it anyway. <laughs> I wish it wouldn't, but it right. will. Um, oh, lilies. i got a bunch of lilies with big seed pods on them, too. I let the seeds be on the plant until it's sort of dry and yellow, brown, sort of looking on the plant. And then take it off and let it dry continue, completely in the pod. And then you can take it out of the pod and put it in a, in a jar or something like that to keep it dry and cool. Paige wrote in to me on the Facebook page on Green and Growing yeah. WSB last weekend, and she said, for the first time ever, I've harvested a bunch of hosta seeds from pods, and now what? Yeah. So I directed her to your website, because all I've ever done is yeah. like dig them up and divide them and split them, but I've not had yeah. the patience nor the curiosity, but I do now, to start hostas from seed. Sure, they have the big tall spikes. Yeah. And you, and again, you wait until the pods are sort of brownish, <clears throat> and then you um, crack them open, and you got little black seeds in there, and you can either... Plant them immediately, or some people, like I say, will keep it in the house for the wintertime as long as it's dry and cool. Plant next spring. It'll be fine. Well, so you listed off a whole lot of great, great plants, including Kaleidoscope abelia. I love that yeah, one. Yeah, well, um, great plant. For pollination, to attract pollinators. So where can folks yeah. find a list? If they were to go to WalterReeves.com and type the word pollinators in the search line, well, they would find one, two, three, four, five, six different publications that will wow. help you to decide how to plant, what to plant, where to plant, why to plant, all the pollinators I can think of. That's awesome. So after yeah. you go back to sleep for a little while this morning, you're going to have your cereal, or maybe in the uh, in the reverse order, you're going to have your cereal, you're going to go back to sleep yeah. for a little bit, and then you are going to participate in the Great Georgia Pollinator Census and sit out there in that front yard and count what yeah. you see. I know what I'm going to do it on, too. It's on the uh, Panicle Hydrangea Lemonade Panicle Hydrangea right by my driveway. Oh, that'll be perfect. Yeah. All Lots right. of well, cool. bugs all over the lemonade. So maybe next week, if I can if I can think to remember to ask you, we'll talk about what you saw. All right. That would be a good thing to ask. Sure. All right. Well, have a good Saturday morning, Walter. Thanks so much. See you soon, Ashley. Pontoon. Hopefully you don't have plans for the lake today. If you do, they may get rained out. But hey, if you have a bimini top, you might be okay, as long as there's no lightning. Gosh, the storms have been 
fierce the last couple of days. And if you uh, have seen flooding in the area, you can always use the open mic feature on the WSB radio app and tell folks, especially in afternoon drive, what you're seeing. Sandy Springs really got washed out yesterday a couple of places along I-20 and uh, West Atlanta as well. So my goodness, be careful out there if the weekend is going to be much the same, with I th- which I think it is. Uh, Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz predicting a high of 84 today, lows in the upper 60s, and a 60% chance for showers. Tomorrow, best chances in the afternoon, 40% there. Again, a high of around 86 and lows around 70. Green Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. So this is an easy part of the show and one that many of you like. If you just catch parts of the show in passing, you can at least just jot this down to make a mental note. Easy things to do in the yard. And if you do bit by bit every weekend, you'll be amazed at what you can accomplish. So if nothing else, do one of these three things and you'll feel accomplished, I I guarantee. Number one, now is a good time to plant and enjoy the climbing vine Sweet Autumn Clematis. It's beautiful. It smells great. You can use a trellis. It doesn't even need a trellis necessarily. And consider jasmine too for blooms that you can enjoy still into the fall. Number two, this is what I did on the back deck yesterday. Pinch growing tips from overgrown coleus and begonias, other summer annuals. And I did it to my mom's just to keep those plants compact through the fall season. I know that we've enjoyed a lot of our annual plants over the summer. And you still have a few months that you can get out of those for sure. Even pop a little bit of fertilizer on the top of the soil for those. And they'll still give you color well into the fall. And number three, it's a good time now to spray kudzu with a non-selective weed killer. So that's something like a Roundup with glyphosate in it. It's going to kill everything in the area, though. Or mow any of the foliage that you can if it's low. I hope you don't have kudzu. Maybe a lot of you have poison ivy. That's maybe a little more manageable. Um, so I have found BioAdvanced Brush Killer. That works great on poison ivy, something like that. Triclopyr is the active ingredient, but that makes it more of a selective herbicide. It's not going to kill everything in its path. 404-872-0750 is the number for the show. Whether you have a question or just want to share something you've been seeing in your landscape, feel free to do so. Coming up at 7 o'clock, we have our celebrity gardener, one of our own here in the building, legendary rock DJ Katie Kiley from 97.1 The River, joins us with some great stories here in the next hour, really glad about that. And then at 8 o'clock, at the top of the 8 o'clock hour, Becky Griffin from the University of Georgia. She's the coordinator of the Great Georgia Pollinator Census this year, and they do some great work, but they can't do their work if you don't do yours. So we want you to participate. Today's the the second of two days that you can record your findings, so there's more instructions on GGAPC. Org, something really fun to do with the kids. I promise it only takes 15 to 20 minutes. And mom and dad, you can be lazy. You can pop yourself down in a chair and just watch a plant. That's all you have to do. It's very, very easy. So it will be 15 minutes of your weekend well spent. I wanted to share with you as well, too, something new that we've started on the Facebook page. Over the summer, I had a photo album of highway horticulture, just different trees as they were starting to bloom into the spring and early summer, helping you identify, oh, I've always seen that, but I never knew what it was, giving it a name. Well, we're going to do the same now with the Weed of the Week photo album. That's something Walter and I did together, and we're bringing it back. So I've already posted two pictures. We've been doing it for two weeks a very common weeds that you're going to see in your lawn that you're just pulling your hair out over and they're super annoying. So the first one was Spurge and you can see a picture there 
and just how to really get that in control. And the second one's driving me crazy. I posted this on Tuesday, Dayflower. So there was a lot of confusion and maybe misidentification about Dayflower. I think somebody had something else. There's um, Doveweed, gosh, something else. Oh, Deer Tongue. They all kind of look the same. But if you have Dayflower, you'll see a tiny, tiny little blue flower. It's actually quite pretty but it will choke out all of the grass you have. So learn a little bit more there on the Facebook page. I don't have a website, but on Facebook, go to Green and Growing WSB. Follow me there, and we'll keep up with uh, photos of of everything folks are seeing, things you want to share, successes in your garden. Maybe some of you are thinking about doing a uh, cool season garden, and you can be starting on seed with those plants right now. It's a great time to be outside. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back at 7 o'clock. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.